like to begin my program by remembering Baba Muktananda, my guru, who always began his programs by saying in Hindi, Sabko Bharisanmane Kesat Premse Hardik Swagat. Great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And he would always say that to welcome another person with love is the essence of spirituality. So in that spirit, welcome. <clears throat> the, uh, one of the great Upanishads, the Viradhyaranyaka Upanishad says, the self is the dearest of all things and only through the self is anything else done. The self is the origin of all, of infinite happiness, but it is itself pure bliss, transcending definition. It remains unaffected by deeds, good or bad. It is beyond feeling and beyond knowledge, but it is not beyond a meditation of the sage. So it's that self that's within every person, that connection, that doorway to the infinite, which is the goal of meditation. And it's that self and the sages who've realized it that we, that we honor in these programs. Baba said, the world is as one sees it. It reflects one's own state. If the world is regarded as real in itself, it becomes filled with sorrow, misery, want, and anxiety. The world appears to be mundane because of one's own ignorance, one's ignorance of the play of the spirit. The world deceives us when we consider it to be simply the world as we see it. However, once we experience the blissful sport of consciousness, the world is transformed into a haven of bliss. Bob would often say that the world is as you see it, that the world is not one thing, it depends on the person looking at it. And the person looking at it depends on the amount of inner work they've done, meditation they've done. They've purified the portals through which they look at the world. And if you purify them completely, you see a whole different dimension. So, <clears throat> Can we get that a little tighter? Yeah. So far, so good. As, uh, as Lilavati said, um, tonight um, I'm doing my program called Notes from the Tea Shop. And what do we have, Maestro? <clears throat> there you see a fully, uh, uh, what did I call it? Photoshopped. There's a fully photoshopped uh, picture of the tea shop next to the ashram in Ganeshpuri. And every day in the afternoon before we go out to work, we'd be all dressed in our gardening clothing. We'd go for a cup of chai and then we'd go off. Um, <clears throat> and it was there that uh, I used to have philosophical thoughts. I tried to contemplate what my life was about, busily filled with chanting and meditation and so on. And I would contemplate that every day. And later on when uh, Baba asked me to uh, edit a magazine about Siddha Yoga, which was called The Siddha Path, 
the column I did in it, I called Notes from the Tea Shop. And uh, these notes from the tea shop don't have anything to do with the ones I wrote in the, in, uh, in the Siddha Path, but they, they remember that. And also the spirit of the, of the tea shop there. So, okay, that tea shop is no longer extant. They built Guru Chauk, where that is now, if you know the ashram. Let's see. You want to go higher with me? A little higher, and then I think that's okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so these are um, they're what we call G statements, which are, let's say, spiritual ideas that are hope to connect one to the higher truth. And they're also uh, spiritual practices. Uh, spiritual practices are many different varieties. They're psychological. They're, they can sometimes work with the breath. They can work with imagery. They can work with feeling. Uh, they can focus on a particular point or a visualization and so on. So <clears throat> it's a variety of things. First one is one of my favorites. Maybe we'll begin and end with this. This is called the Accept Your Inner State Meditation. <clears throat> so let's do a little meditation. And this is called Accept Your Inner State. Just as you... Okay, here we go. How's that? It's still moving. It's moving? I'm still turned off online. What's that? I just have to mute it online. You know what? You can mute it also. Mute it online. I have to do it. And then it goes down a little bit. And then try that. Okay. All right. Let's do that. or a great idea or something like that. We're not going to do anything like that. We're simply going to accept what we find when we turn within, our inner state as it is. If you feel sick, feel sick. If you're scattered, be scattered. So first do that. Accept the present state totally. Don't think about changing it, shifting it. <clears throat> if you hate what it is, just sit there and hate it. There's nothing you have to do, just accept it as it is. And when you're fully aware of it, then call on the higher power, whether that's Jesus or Lord Krishna or the Buddha or consciousness itself, or nature, or whatever, whatever higher power, and call on that higher power. 
not for anything, just call on that, connect with that higher power. See what shows up. Okay, we'll come back to that later, I think. Another one, ready? <clears throat> this is not a meditation, I don't think. Maybe it will be. This is called, Man is a Philosophical Animal. <clears throat> First point, work on your philosophy, your worldview. Strive for the right view, the highest point of view. If your life is not to your liking, maybe your philosophical stance is wrong or unexamined. Sometimes we don't even know what our philosophy is, what we stand for, what our values are. That's because we don't examine ourselves and ask ourselves, what do I really believe in? What is the <laughs> fundamental truth for me? We have to go very deep with this because a lot of what we think of as fundamental truths is just conditioning and the voices of the culture and of our family and so on and of the internet. And we don't really know, we can't, Get in touch with what we really believe, what's really essential for us. <clears throat> Sometimes we've forgotten our particular point of view, but right now, go inside and ask, what do I stand for? What are my highest values? What are my values? What could I stand up and say, yeah, I'm for that? That's me. I'm not asking you to die for him. <laughs> I'm just asking you to just put your hand up. <clears throat> what would you like to be able to live by? Are there values that you'd like to live by that maybe you're not doing? What would it be like if you lived them? turned into a little bit of a contemplation, didn't it? <clears throat> the values of Kashmir Shaivism, the highest value is consciousness, the self, and to live for consciousness, to live for the self. Another way of saying it is to live for love, to live for peace, to make your whole life about experiencing love and peace and sharing that. Next one. This is called truth and kindness. You've often heard me talk about truth and kindness. In, uh, in the scriptures, it's uh, satya is truth, and kindness is described as ahimsa. You know that uh, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, I was gonna say Lord Gandhi, Lord Mahatma Gandhi 
was uh, no, noted for ahimsa, nonviolence. So truth and kindness, at some point I realized that truth and kindness were two ends of one continuum. That you could, it just, uh, you can move along the continuum from truth at one side and kindness at the other side. And the perfect place on that continuum is right in the middle where truth and kindness meet. That's the perfect life. Some people live too much on the truth side, so they're not kind. Some people too much on the kindness side, so they become doormats and they don't speak up for themselves. And to live both truth and kindness is a great thing. <clears throat> the Western variation of truth and kindness is something like justice in the right hand and mercy in the left hand. Any political system should have not only justice, but also mercy. Justice and mercy. And the proper balance of justice and mercy keeps the universe in place. Another one. This is a meme on Spanda. You, we often talk about Spanda, and we have a vague idea that it's called the vibration, the divine vibration. <clears throat> but my definition of spanda is a little different. I say that spanda is the experiential first-hand evidence of the existence of God. Experiential and first-hand. What does that mean? It means not something you read in a book or even in a scripture. Not something your preacher or your swami told you. Not something even that you thought up. But it's your direct, irrefutable, personal experience of the existence of God. That's called spanda. So if you have some such thing that makes you know or experience that the higher power exists, that, whatever it is, is spanda. That is Spanda. <clears throat> That's what we call Spanda. Think on that for a moment. Do you have first-hand experience of God? Not from a book or a scripture or a preacher. First-hand. What comes to mind? Most, most of us here are practitioners, we've meditated for a long time, we've tried to get in touch with something higher, something beyond. So what is that spanda? How does it show up in your life? Okay, I won't go around the room, but here we go. <clears throat> Next one's called the guru meme. This one I, I did in the, uh, in the workshop that we had in November, and it, I thought it was valuable enough to repeat uh, for the whole audience. <clears throat> so the, well, the guru, what is the guru? Point. The guru is the force or movement in the universe that wants you to get off your bad trip <laughs> and experience the upward shift. That's who the guru is. It's not a person. 
It's that force in the universe that wants you to return to your true nature, that wants you not to be lost in the great illusion, in maya, in the ego, but wants you to grow and become who you are. That force, which can manifest many different ways, that force can manifest in the fall of a leaf or in a child's remark or anything, <clears throat> but that is the guru. Of course, the guru, the person of the guru, uh, conducts that force. But that's the force in the universe that works towards your upliftment. There are other forces in the universe that don't work for that upliftment. There are forces that move us towards contraction and to becoming more involved in our ego and less than everything we could be. And if we give play to that, those forces, that's what we become. But if we listen to this higher force, then we do it. That's why it's good to, to connect with the guru because he helps you connect with that part of the universe. And this is the same as saying, as the scriptures do, the guru is the grace-bestowing power of God. If you study Shaivism, you see that, that one of the five shaktis, one of the five processes in the world is grace. So in the very fabric of the universe, grace is one of the forces. But another force is concealment. And that force of concealment is the opposite. It's a movement away from oneness, towards separation. While the force of grace is a movement towards oneness. You can see it in the world, how many, how many things move towards separation and difficulty. But there are also forces that move towards oneness, towards love, towards union, towards upliftment. And so the guru is that force, the force of grace in the universe. And when we start paying attention to that, we start to discover it. And we discover it within ourselves. We discover it, it's right in the fabric of our own awareness. Okay. Another one. How are you doing? Huh? Are you ready for 600 more? <laughs> no. <clears throat> I'm not a tea shop machine. But this one, uh, inspired by Brahmani Ma. The other, the other day, Brahmani Ma gave a talk in which she said that her, her thoughts were as heavy as a potato, was it? Apple. An apple. <laughs> Oh, potato. Mine were like potatoes, but hers was like, a, <laughs> like an apple. So actually, I said, well, when she said that, I thought, I know I've written a, a tea shop like that, and I found it. Okay? This one's called, Feel the Quality of Your Thoughts. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Think about your thoughts. <clears throat> Are your thoughts hard or soft? Another way to say this, do you know people whose thoughts are really hard? It's like talking to them is like having a machine gun rattle at you. <laughs> and then other people's uh, thoughts and words are soft. You know? So your words hard or soft? 
Are your thoughts expanded or contracted? Do they tend towards upliftment or towards contraction? Are your thoughts, do they tend to be strong and positive or weak and negative? Are they positive or negative? Is there a general trend of your thoughts or are they here and there and everywhere? Now repeat the mantra inside. Om Namah Shivaya, or whatever mantra you do. Om Namah Shivaya, and feel that. Feel the quality of the mantra inside yourself. What is its quality? Om Namah Shivaya. Now experiment by putting some G statements and B statements. These are statements of upliftment inside your awareness. This is called introjection. Exercising your freedom to bring in thoughts, proper thoughts, uplifting thoughts. We're free to think what we want. <clears throat> I remember when I was a kid, my, my uh, piano teacher taught me this song, My Thoughts Are Free. No one can tell me what to think. They can bind me up physically, but they can't tell me what to think. And so freely place into your mind uplifting thoughts like, I am the self, or God loves me, or I love God or Om Namah Shivaya, or there is nothing but consciousness, or whatever thought, and feel it, taste it, feel it. Try to put in a thought that creates an upliftment inside. Bring one in. Consciously go into the warehouse of thoughts, behind Bunnings, open the door, and grab a thought that will feel good to think inside your brain, and pick one. And taste it, see how it feels inside. Okay, that was good, huh? Did you enjoy that? Were you able to do it? That's an exercise of spiritual freedom to do that. And that's something we should always be doing is selecting thoughts. Just the way you select food, you try not to eat poison, don't you? And yet we think poison and we act like we can't do anything about it. Well, we can. Okay, I've got, let's see. How are we doing? One, two, I got four, <laughs> four more. Can you manage that? Ooh, no, I got more. <laughs> no, no, that's, those are the ones I've done already. <clears throat> you ready? <clears throat> okay, this is Shiva process. We're gonna do a little Shiva process 
even if you've never done Shiva process. So get ready. Now a little bit. <clears throat> Shiva process is designed to unblock your life force. A life force which is stuck and blocked in a variety of ways for reasons that we may not understand. Usually we blame circumstances or other people, but often they're locked in our psyche. <clears throat> and so the Shiva pro the process is designed to unblock that. Uh, so, a little exercise, okay? I'm going to mention four areas of life. <clears throat> and um, these are key areas for all of us. And uh, I'm going to say them and just, you feel that area in your life. Okay, the area of health and body. the area of relationship, the area of career and money, and finally, the area of spirituality. Which one of those areas is most blocked or needs some work? Let the answer just come to you. You all have one of the areas? Raise your hand if you have one. Okay. I have a question now. Ask in that and go to that area inside yourself. And here's one question I'm going to ask. What's the next step I have to do in this area? That's all. Let the answer come. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> you have to be fast. You have to let that one go. <clears throat> Another Shiva process one. Shiva process is a method of self-inquiry in which blocks in all the areas of life, ultimately leading to the self. Blocks are removed. <clears throat> it's called the Shiva process because it's based on the understandings of Shaivism, which is that I am Shiva and you are Shiva, and there's nothing but Shivas. Therefore, there's essentially no problem, but we rethink that there are problems, and we have to unblock these problems. Point. When you have bad feeling, it means there must be a wrong view, a wrong understanding. Why is that? Because the essence of the self is bliss, ananda, shanti, peace, harmony. So your essence is the self, chaitanya matma, you are the self. Um, and your essence is peace and bliss. 
just as a little baby is in bliss. But somehow we've mucked it up with worry and complexity. And so uh, we've lost that bliss. But it's always there. It's always available. So there's some wrong understanding we're having. <clears throat> so in Shiva process, we begin by making an A statement, which is a statement of present feeling. I feel sad, I feel angry, I feel happy, I feel peaceful, I feel worried. And in making that statement, we get in touch with present feeling and we detach ourselves from the story of that. There's some story, some narrative that led to that feeling, but we detach from it and we go existentially to that feeling itself. And from that point, we get in touch with the noble ideas of Shaivism. I am the self. I am consciousness. We get in touch with the, what we call the upward shift or the, the experience of upliftment. We have to we have to coach ourselves to connect with the upward shift, the Spanda principle. Okay, let's see. <clears throat> I have one, actually, um, I have a, vari a variation on, uh, let's do one more and then we'll do the meditation. I have a variation on what Lilavati said, actually. Where you're, uh, what was it, your head floating through the universe? Okay. Here's a dharana. This is based on cheaper process. Um, notice that you're an aware person. Look at your awareness. Okay? Your awareness. You have thoughts, you have feelings, you're conscious. And your awareness is always absorbed in thinking about your life and your pain, your suffering, and your joys, your triumphs, and other people, and this and that, and what you want, and what you don't want. Isn't it? Just goes on and on like that. <clears throat> but it's an awareness that's come into your life, just been plopped into your life, and then start thinking about your life. So I want you to separate your awareness from your life. Take the awareness itself, the capacity to be aware, and pull it out of your life and just be with it. That's like a head floating through the universe. And be present with just your awareness. Forget about the thoughts about your life. Just be aware that you're aware. Just be there for a moment. Isn't that delicious? Who needs all the worry about your life? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> oh, I think.
think that's enough before. Uh, I'll skip the last one. And we'll go back to the meditation that we began with, which is to accept whatever state we're in. This is the theme, I guess, of tonight. So we're going to meditate for 10 minutes now. And um, we'll begin by closing our eyes and going inside and becoming aware of wherever we are. We may be uh, in a good space, we may be in a bad space. Maybe we enjoyed listening to some of these things tonight. Maybe we were repelled, we were outraged, <laughs> or whatever. But whatever we are, just be with that. Just be completely with that. And don't censure it. You know, whatever, whatever hand you've gotten when you, if you're playing poker, you're dealt a hand. You may not like the hand, but that's the hand you have to play in that, in that, uh, in that deal. That's what you have to do. So whatever you dealt with right now, be there with it. That's the first step. Fully be there, be present, accept it. And then uplift yourself by introducing the mantra, introducing a great thought, Think about a great spiritual idea. Think about a great being. Or even thinking about something that gives you peace. Whatever it is. And see if you can make a connection. Each of us is infinitely intelligent because infinite consciousness is within every person. And when we try to uplift ourselves and to know the self, all of our tools help. They come to help us. And so there's always a, a means, a method of gaining upliftment and connecting to that higher consciousness. So trust your inner being and let yourself find a way to that. So begin by accepting wherever you are and however you are right now, and then use whatever method you may have learned or that comes to hand right now to connect you to the upward surge, the upward joy, the higher power, the vibration of the divine. And we'll meditate now for 10 minutes. And once again, with great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. Ratunat Maharaj Kijay.